This is Werewolf the Podcast, a podcast about the role-playing game, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Have you heard of high-level games? If you're a content creator looking to make your dream a reality, you need high-level games. High-level games does layout, editing, and development support such as Kickstarter and more. Even if you're not a creator and just want to enhance your game with exciting new supplements, go to highlevelgames.ca and check out Dark New England for V20. High-level games. We want to help you level up your role-playing game. Highlevelgames.ca Welcome to the latest episode of Werewolf the Podcast. We are excited to be here today recording this wonderful episode that you are going to enjoy immensely. <laughs> you have to because we're not. Yeah, it's, it, this is going to be great. Uh, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, so I'm joined by Carrie. Carrie, how are you doing today? I'm better than I have been. That's good. So we didn't tell listeners but mm-hmm. do you want to say why you haven't been here for a couple of sure. episodes? Sure, a- absolutely. Um, so back in November, I ended up catching COVID, and it was awful. Yeah, um, it like it sounds like it's been terrible. Yeah, well, I okay. I, I I should state I was very lucky. I actually had a mild case, but even a mild case of COVID is awful. Um, I'm still I still have some symptoms. And, you know, that's been months ago. So, yeah, you know, don't uh, wear a mask, people. This sucks. Wear a mask, wash your hands. Uh, I have to say I'm really happy to have you back. Um, I've enjoyed Yay! talking to Charles on a couple of episodes and doing some other stuff. But uh, having you as part of the team is really something that I am super thankful for. So glad to have you back. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, for folks that don't know, and if you don't know, have you even been listening to the podcast? What? We have a Patreon. Um, you can find us on Patreon at Werewolf the Podcast. Patronage of as little as a dollar gets you access to our Discord server. We and also, it's popping. It is popping. We have a ton of people on there. Um, I woke up this morning and I was like, why is my Discord blown up? <laughs> like, what is happening? Well, part of the reason for that is I just launched the idea of running a monthly live tabletop, virtual tabletop session for folks. Um, and everyone, uh, every one of those slots got taken up almost uh, immediately. Like within the first 12 hours, they were gone. You're so, very popular. Uh, I guess so, which I'm <laughs> happy about. Um, there is a possibility we will increase the amount of games we run if there's significant what? interest. So... If folks are interested, shoot us a message and say, hey, I'd be interested in playing a game. It's something that we can look at making happen. Right now, I wanted to test the idea out and see if there was interest. There's interest, so we'll go from there. <laughs> and Carrie, what book are we talking about today? So we are, not ironically, talking about the Ratkin book today. We are talking about <clears throat> the Ratkin book. It is we a... Should- Weird time to be talking about. Well, it is okay. So we should probably uh, put put ourselves in the time frame of uh, today is what um, January eighth. January eighth, twenty twenty one. So two days ago, I don't know. My my everything is so mush now. Like I'm so stressed out. Like two days ago, um, insanity happened, and uh, the the Capitol was stormed, and uh, so that group of um that i don't know if it's technically by definition terrorism 
There, I've, I've heard some argument about the semantics of it. Yeah, there are some it's semantic close arguments. Yeah. It's close enough to terrorism that that plus Rackin, because there's a lot of that kind of stuff in the Rackin book, plus the Rackin are the bringers of plagues. And with COVID, this book is just pushing a lot of buttons. So I'm going to be very unapologetically emotional about this book. So if you don't want to hear me, me being emotional and opinionated, stop listening. <laughs> this is a, a content warning for the rest of this episode. Oh my gosh, yes. We will be talking about some dark stuff. This is not a Black Dog Games book. It However, should be. in a lot of ways, in 2021, it should be a Black Dogs game book. Um, oh my gosh. And it's yeah. not even just the terrorism and the plague and the sickness stuff. There's other stuff in this book that I was shocked, even when it was made, that they would put that in there. Yeah, this, is, uh, this book was published in 1999. They should know better! Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, it was written by author Brian Campbell. It was developed by Ethan Skemp. It has art by Mitch Bird, Joe Corrani, Cor Cor I think, Brian LeBlanc, Larry McDougal, Steve Prescott, Jeff Rabner, and Ron Spencer. This is also an interesting book because it was playtested. There is a list of playtesters that helped play this book. This is the first time I can remember a non-core book having a list of playtesters in it. So I find that interesting. I don't know if that says anything in particular about the book, but it certainly shows in the rule systems that these were tested out extensively. Which makes me worry for those playtesters. Yeah, and there were a lot what of them. The there hell? were like 12 of them. So I'm not going to name all the playtesters, but there was a big group of them. If you're interested in knowing who they are, they are listed in the book. Um, and if any of those playtesters are listening, message us and let us know what happened at that original playtest that made all this okay. Yeah, I would be super interested in doing an interview yeah. with people that have played, that play tested this, or uh, if Brian Campbell is listening and wants to do an interview about writing it. Yeah. Look, um, if you were willing to talk to us after this episode, <laughs> we would be happy to talk to you and just like go through the ideas and concepts that were presented here. We're, we're not super mean, usually. We're, I, mean, I mean, to a book, not a person, though. Right, exactly. And to be fair, every writer writes within their context at the time that they wrote. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things don't age well. And this particular book, I think, does not in any way, shape, or form age well. Right. So what are the Ratkin? Um, really loosely, the Ratkin are rat shape changers. They are a group of shape changers that almost completely were wiped out during the War of Rage. And instead of being just dead, they ran and hid in the Umbra. So thousands of ratkin ran off to the Umbra and disappeared. Now, normally in werewolf cosmology, when a werewolf or other shape changer goes into the Umbra and stays in the Umbra, they become a spirit and they cannot come back to, to Earth. They can't. Right. Like once you're a spirit, it's done. It's over with. You're a spirit forever. However, somehow, magically, yeah. the ratkin are immune to that and have the ability to become physical again. And so all of these ratkin are on earth and some thousands of them are coming back from the Umbra and are really messed up from their time in the Umbra beyond just being messed up from existing. <clears throat> That's my 
really brief overview of the rat can as a concept. Okay, yeah, I'll as as a basic concept that that works before we deep dive in. Yeah, we should go through this like we usually do, chapter yes. by chapter. Yeah, I think that'll help us focus because I think we could just rant about random things for ages. Oh no, and we would there will be lots of ranting. Be aware, everyone. So I would like to start my very, very first rant. Okay. I hate their name. You hate the name of, of Ratkin. Because it's confusing, because then they're like the kin of the Ratkin. And you're like, Ugh. because kin is an established term in this universe for the relatives of a changing breed. That's and so when, you, when you're like the Ratkin and you're like, and it, it just, my brain has a hard time going, wait, is this the shifter or is this the kin of the rats or the, and, you know, and then they're like the rat kin that are rat kin. Because if you know, like for a wolf, you would have wolf kin mm -hmm. or, or human kin folk. And so then you've got the rat kin, you've got human kin folk, and then you've got rat kin, kin. folk. Right. And it's just confusing. I absolutely agree. And I think, I should know this off the top of my head, but I think as I'm trying to remember them all, this is the only breed of shape changers that don't have an actual like in-world name for themselves that is, right. doesn't like have their changer type in it. Like werewolves do, but werewolf is a thing and they call yeah, themselves but, the guru. Yeah, but they call themselves the guru. The ratkin call themselves ratkin. Right, which is weird. <clears throat> like, why wouldn't give them a Roman name or a Greek name or something like that? That I guess that would just or even a made-up name, because I could see the rats making up a name just to thumb their nose at everyone else. But like, Ratkin is just like lazy. It's a weird choice. <laughs> yeah, and it's a choice that goes back all the way to first edition. But mm -hmm. it does make me kind of go. It was no one, like, no one had any clever ideas during the whole, like, development Or process? did they think that was clever? Maybe. Like, they might have thought, like, you know, ha-ha, the Ratkin are going to be different from everyone else. You know, which, I mean, I guess, but... Yeah, but you're right. It creates a lot of weirdness in talking about them. And yeah. you can see that in this book where it's like, I'm, I'm struggling over sentences because it's trying to decide who are they talking about. Are they yeah. talking about kinfolk? Or are they talking about the actual ratkin in this case? Or, it's, or yeah, it's not clear all the time. Nope. Yeah. Good so call. there. All, all right. right. Good. We're, first we're off to a good start. <laughs> we haven't even opened the book. Great, great start. <laughs> oh no. Uh, how do you feel about the cover art? Because I think this is just the standard sort of like tribe logo it's, symbol. Yeah, like I think I'm so keyed up about everything else. I don't care about the cover. Fair. It's. I mean, it's just their their glyph with with green <laughs> yeah. you know like it's it, it's, it's not remarkable it's not bad no. it's just kind of go okay that's their yeah, cover it's there yeah it's there i okay i will say something nice i like because you know the first page of the comic is always in color mm -hmm. and they match the color scheme from the cover to that front page really beautifully yes i will say that What's weird to me is I remember this comic being longer than two pages, and maybe it's just me. Well, but... no, it's longer than two pages. Oh, so in my copy, it's only two pages. What? So, I I was I've been looking through my book. Did going, you lose? I, Did you lose some pages? This is a used copy. 
okay. that I got off of eBay a while ago. And I was like, oh, I thought this comic was longer. Like, this is weird that it's only two pages. But then I just kind of rolled with it. That's good to know that I'm not going, like, I'm not losing it thinking that it was longer when it's actually it's longer. Yeah. It's like eight pages. Okay. It's, it's the regular size. So this, uh, the, the front comic is the, is a Rackin pack uh, going, basically trying to blow up an O'Toole's. And I don't mind it. It, it, it's what the Rackin do. It sets the tone for the rest of the book. I think. Right. The, the weird thing to me is after reading this entire book, the main character of the comic book, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Ch- Ch- uh, Cengiz Cruzy, um, C-H-A-G-A-S. Chagas, maybe? I Chagas, don't know. Chagas. Um, his image in the little Chagas Lives is throughout the whole book in the artwork right he is never mentioned in this book besides the front you know like they make it like he's this martyr his girlfriend is the pregnant guru or reckon on the back cover but she's never mentioned again he's never mentioned again and so like that's weird to me like they they're unless this is one of the playtest characters Maybe. See, that would make sense if it was a playtest character, or this was, like, part of their playtest that they ran. Yeah. But you're right. It's weird. Like, they almost create a meta plot for the Ratkin through that story and through the art that doesn't play out in the book itself. Yeah. And and so, like, because I was like, I want to know what's going on, because all these pictures, all the pictures say that he's still alive and he's still around, but in the comic, he gets blown up. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you're like, well, which is it? Is he this urban legend? Because I actually thought, okay, they'll mention him at the end of the book, like they always do with the little, like, you know. Important uh, NPCs. Yeah, section. important yeah. yeah, important people you might run into. And they didn't. And I was really, like, weirded out. I also was weirded out because I did a couple uh, rabbit trails where I Googled things in this book. Mm-hmm. And because um, I was like, you know, Ch- Changus, I was like, that's a, I don't know if that's a, what that name it felt like that main name meant something so i googled it and it's a disease oh well you get from bugs like the a bug bites you and you die or something and i was just like okay a little on the nose but all right we'll go with it that leads me even more to think like it was a play test character that someone (laughs) played that they were like Hey, this like this would be a great name because it yeah. fits the theme and everything. And, and you know what? I, I, I say that I, I was a little snarky when I said that, but I do that all the time. I Google stuff and I go, Oh, this name means fire. My character has fire powers. I'll give it to her. You know, so like I do that all the time too. But I was just like, I'm being over overly critical, you know. It is weird when you are reading a book like this where usually things tie into each other and have some like purpose for the story or for like helping storytellers tell a story and when you find things like that that don't directly tie into that it's a little bit like am I supposed to go down this rabbit hole or am I just looking for like conspiracy theories yeah I do I kind of feel like a flat earther when I go through these books I'm like ah and I hate flat earthers like if you ever want to really see me riled up get me talking about a flat earther fair oh stupid (laughs) oh Let's talk about Rackin. So let's talk about the Rackin some more. Um, so we've got that comic as an introduction, and then we've got the introduction to the book, which is 
historical. It's talking about the background of the were rats and where they came from. It tells you a little bit about the different groups of the uh, ratkin. It talks about theme and mood, and it has the very first in this section uh, use. Uh, there are two uses of the same piece of art again. I know, I know, I wrote it down. I'm so mad. <gasps> it's this <gasps> is funny because this piece of art I find hilarious. Oh, However, it's adorable, but yeah, why would they use it twice? It, it's so bizarre that it's in here twice in the places that it is because it, it looks like it should be a flip book piece of like cartoon art. It is like it's a cartoon. Ratkin in like holding its arms above its head as if it's in Krynos in a lark. So you want to know what's even weirder is they didn't even bother to flip it. Right. And it's in the same location on the page on the, on two pages. It's in the, it's in the bottom right hand corner. So yeah. like it, it, it's just lazy. It strikes me as intentional, but, but why? Yeah. It's a weird layout choice. As a person that does layout, it's a weird layout choice. So I was all excited when I first when I saw the first doodle because I thought this book is going to be filled with rat doodles and right. that's going to be fun. Which would and, be great. Yeah, because almost like you know how like when you see books where like you see a book that is purposely defaced, like someone wrote in the corners. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, it's going to have doodles because Ratkin are impatient and they were bored while the book was being, you know, I was like, okay, that's a little meta, but it's cute and clever and it lightens up some of this really heavy material. No. Nope. nope. Not at all. Like there are two uses of it and it doesn't tell same. a story. It doesn't do anything. And so I even thought, are they going to have a flip? Like, are you going to flip the book and it's good, like the rat's going to do something ridiculous? When I first saw this and then years between reading it, I remembered it being a flip book. Because when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's flip book style kind of art. It's going to be something that looks like a little animation, <clears throat> but it's not. Well, and Werewolf, while it's not done a flip book, the, um, the, the very famous fight between Albrecht and Mari is well it's not a flip book it's almost stylized like a flip book yep in i don't remember which book it's in um but it's like one of the my favorite pieces of art it's, it's so repeated good. in a couple of books which is a thing but yeah but um but but yeah like i was like okay that's gonna be awesome and then no yeah no yeah it's weird <sighs> it's so besides the art in here and some of the art in here is your your typical white wolf art Mm -hmm. and I think it's fine doesn't like excite me doesn't make me worried or anything like that I just kind of go oh, okay back in yeah it's Werewolf it's art. fine Mo yep. in fact there there's only one or two pieces where I went oh that's not up to par all of the artwork is great my major issue with the artwork is the tone but the tone is matching the text right and the reason I say that is because if you had taken off the Ratkin head and put a dancer head on those, on the characters that were drawn, you'd go, oh yeah, Black Spiral Dancers. That's exactly what they'd be doing. Yep. Oh, that's a problem. It, and it's, it brings me to my first rant. Oh, here we go. That the Ratkin believe that they are wild aspected. It's one of the elements of the uh, Ratkin that they are insistent upon, that they are servants of the wild, that they spread disease and they spread destruction 
as servants of the wild. Well, they, they, they don't, they try to cloak it in the word chaos. Right. And that's not really, it doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. The things that they do in every other werewolf book that I can remember, the things that the rat can do are always worm aspected. Yeah. All the plague spirits are worm aspected. Causing destruction and terrorism is a worm activity. It's a destructive act. It's not creative. It doesn't let things grow. Uh, it tears things down and then the wild could come along and build with it. I would, I would argue that there could be a, there, there could be an argument made that they are, their actions are true worm. Sure. Like, and that would have, that would be fascinating. Hi, we're, we're aspects of the healthy worm. Oh, well, we got to let you do your thing then. Cause that's needed. Right. But but the problem is they're not. I mean, there's even a, a a section of the book where they talk about I don't remember which which aspect which one of the type of raccoon it is, but um how they become tainted, but because they're able to filter out disease and poison, that the taint just kind of rolls off of them eventually. So they're doing tainted things. Right. They even say in the book. Right. It's tainted. It's bad. You know, and so it's like, what? Yeah, and maybe there's a meta thing happening here. This is me apologizing for the book. Maybe there's a meta thing happening here where you as the Ratkin player are supposed to look at this and be like, I don't think you are what you say you are, but I can understand from how your perspective as a Ratkin, you are this thing. Some of the books are written with that in mind, and I can kind of get behind it as satire. But this they're so serious about who they are and what they are that it makes me go, I don't I don't know if that was the intent or not. Well, they're fanatical. Right. And so you know, this is encouraging players to play the characters like that. Like yep. there's nothing in this book that there's no little section that goes, there's a small percentage of ratkin that are like, hey, everybody, be nice. You know, <laughs> don't murder everyone. You know, like, there really isn't that. Like, you know, like, there's, like, a small section about uh, rats that were, and it's not even, it's usually not even humans. It's rats that were pets. Right. First, so it's almost like they've got Stockholm Syndrome. So you're like, like, that's not even healthy. Yeah. Like, even when they're they're telling you how to play them, not crazy psycho there's something wrong with them then yeah let's peel back a little bit because we've gone uh, <laughs> real far deep in and sorry it's okay um i think the thing we need to explain is that the ratkin are supposed to be the caretakers of gaia i'm actually not sure what their role is it's uh, very unclear they are supposed uh, to they're the flu of gaia right they control the population through disease and they control the population through disease. That's their big thing. Um, and in the modern day, they are terrorists because that also helps break down the order of society to reduce the amount of humans. I think that's my like take on um, as a person with a degree in 
security and terrorism and ethnic identity, I can't quite wrap my brain around why they are being terrorists. I actually don't understand that. The only thing I can, I got from this book is that they have just never gotten over the war of rage and are just have been that they have become so enraged that they are just lashing out at everyone and everything. I like, guess that makes sense. I mean, but it, it's not right. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's not, it, it's, uh, this is an entire, um, uh, group of Beite that is so unhinged that they probably should be put down. Yeah. Like, if the Garu were looking around and saw the Ratkin doing their thing, I actually don't think it would be surprising for the Garu to go, they are worm-tainted, we need to get rid of them. Yeah. This isn't another war of rage. Sorry about that, everyone. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> look at this. And I could actually see quite a few of the other uh, Beite at least stepping back and going, we're not getting involved. Right. Because you know what? War of Rage bad, but also you're terrorists. Right. And not just against humans, but against everything. Against yeah. werewolves and all of the other pharaoh. And, like, it's a thing. They're just... Let's um, also talk about their <laughs> other element that's really uh, common through this book. Oh, which my is... God. There's so... No, there's so much. So there, much. I like, could be talking about anything can, right now. <laughs> you literally can take a, a dartboard of issues and throw a dart at it, and you're going to go, yeah, that's here in this book. Right. It's insane. Yep. They are all supposedly mentally ill. And one of the problems that White Wolf had in the 90s was their depiction of mental illness was usually very bad. Um, it's not particularly well structured in a, res in a way that actually is respectful of people with mental illness. Now, well, it's not respectful. It's not healthy. Right. That's like, for me was like the big, like, you know, at one point in this book, they were like, Oh, did they tell you you were chemically imbalanced? No, you're just a rat kid. No, don't tell someone that. Like, if, if someone has this medical problem, that would be like telling someone who's got diabetes, you know, it's, you could just eat sugar, you're fine. No. Right, have a couple of gallons of maple syrup and you'll be yeah, fine. You'll be fine. You know, like, you're not diabetic, you're a rat kid. What? Yeah. No. It's, <laughs> it's something else. And the... It, <sighs> To me, it, it, I understand the references they're sort of making. They're referencing twitchy rats and uh, rats having like uh, anxiety and, being, and rodents being kind of uncomfortable around bigger creatures and things like that. But the way they do it is in a way that is really like, here's a, there's no other way to say it. Like, here's a bunch of crazy people that want to kill and destroy everything. And, and we're justifying it. Yeah, and we're kind of glorifying it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of glorifying of unhinged people. Right. And if, if someone is unhinged, they need to get help. They don't need to read a book about taking a rifle on top of a tower and right. glorifying it and going, yeah, 
Because that they do that in this book. Yeah. The main <laughs> character ends up with a rifle on a roof. Yeah. Oh. And here's the thing that bugs me about it. Most here's one of the things that bugs me about it. Most terrorists, most people that get into terrorism, it's going to sound weird, are not mentally ill. That's a surprising thing, but most people who choose to undertake terrorist actions do so because they have been convinced that it is the only way for them to act, is the only action that they can take that allows them to enact the change in the world that they want to see. Right. Now, whether or not that is okay or not is a long discussion that people can have out in the world, and it is something that... It, that does get discussed. In the end, that is not who the rat can are. There's no reason behind their actions. It's all of this. We are, uh, we are, we have lost it and we are angry. And so therefore everything needs to die. Yeah. Under the guise of chaos. Right. That said, I like some elements of the rat can. <laughs> and there are really interesting story elements built into this book. And I think in particular, the idea of the freak factors, uh, there are all of these different groups of Ratkin. There are the four that have stayed on earth and five, I think, or four or five that have come back from the Umbra that are mm -hmm. changed and represent all of the changes that the Umbra caused to them. I like the ideas here. There's stuff you can play with in the aspects. Um, you've got the tunnel runners who are scouts and spies. You've got shadow seers who are mystics and sort of like, um, they're mystics. That's the best way of describing them. Yeah. They're the knife skulkers who are assassins. Which, cool. okay. I, I have a slight problem with the knife skulkers. Okay, go like, ahead. They're just the Naga. They absolutely are just the Naga. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, as I was reading them, they're like, assassin, 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 Gaia's assassin. At one point, they say something like Gaia's assassin. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that title's taken, dude. Yeah, she's already got some of those. Yeah, she doesn't need you. <laughs> and honestly, they are the Banu Hakim or the Asamites of werewolf mm -hmm. society. Because they will take contracts with anyone that will hire them. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> fine like if you want to create a, a like a reason for a group to exist a group of nice skulkers could make sense i the only thing i could think of was that maybe like i keep looking at this as a storyteller right like okay i could maybe use that as a storyteller but i don't see how that would be a great pc right like just you know, either you all have to be that, or you, you have one character that's off murdering NPCs the whole time while everyone else is going about doing their thing, you know, like, and you've separated the party. Right. Or you've got a PC that is actively threatening and killing other PCs. And that, in yeah. the right game, might be fine, but you've got to prepare your players for, hey, there's... Yeah, it, if everyone's, yeah, if everyone's great with that kind of game, I just don't think a lot of people... A lot of people say they would be fine with that, and then when it happens, they're not. Right, exactly. You know. That brings us to the warriors. Uh, the warriors are the Garu of the Ratkin. 
that mm-hmm. is the only way to describe them. I'm kind of looking at them and going, why, why do you exist? You're just Garu with, in, that look like rats. Well, that's exactly why they exist. Well, maybe. Um, And then uh, there are actually only three. uh, Oh, no, there are four um, of the other of the the freak factors. That is their actual term in the book. I hate it. Um, The plague lords who are literal, literal plague bearers. Um, They concoct illnesses and spread them. That's lovely. Um, The ratkin engineers who are just the secret of Nim rats. I, I will say, I would love to, to do a one-shot game where it's a bunch of engineers and um, what's the, is it Mage the Void? And, no. There are there, Void Engineers in Mage. Yeah, or, okay. the, or the Society of Ether. I'm not sure which one you're oh, it's Sons of Ether. Yeah. Or whatever they're called. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, that's who I meant. Like, the Sons of Ether the Rackin engineers and knockers. I would love to see like a competition. Like you've all been called here today because like, it would be so ridiculous that, and they're all so obsessed that they wouldn't even go, wait, what, who called us here? Well, they would be so obsessed with winning. And you know, like whoever won, it would be like for a coffee machine or something ridiculous, right. but like that would be fun. That would be fun. That would be a cool story. Like that would be a great, Hey, we're going to have three separate groups that are kind of doing a thing for a couple mm-hmm. of sessions. And Hey, we're going to all get together and do yeah. this thing would be super <laughs> neat. Or even if there's only like one of each of those and like their whole, like their packs came to support them going, what the hell? <laughs> I have I no idea what's going on right now. Do but... we kill them? What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a battle of the minds. Yeah. Um, there are two more freak factors, and those are the twitchers. I'm going to go backwards here. The twitchers who are rage-filled ratkin. But I, sometimes. Yeah. Again, I kind of look at them and go, they're like the warriors or the knife skulkers, but they're not. They're twitchier. So, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like, yeah, the best yeah. description. Like, they, they're a little more unhinged, Which, maybe. They're already unhinged. I yeah, don't like, understand. Turn it to 11. Which brings me to my favorite group of Ratkin. I have played one of these Ratkin in a okay. LARP in Rage and Retribution at the Grand Masquerade 2016. I have, look at you dropping names. It was fun. Um, <laughs> I have played a Munchmausen in Tabletop before. Um, the Munchmausen are based on the story, uh, the Baron Munchmausen, uh, Munchausen, um, I'm, I don't know actually all the details there, um, but they are these noble ratkin that believe themselves to be fey-touched and possibly from Arcadia, and they are disconnected from reality in a way that I think is like Don Quixote. It's yes. interesting. There's like stuff you can dig into there. They're the only ones that I'm like, I like these and I would play them. Well, I think it's because they have a touch of joy or hope. Right. To them. You know, like, I may be crazy, but we're going on an adventure. You know, and you're like, "Uh, okay, at least it's not just let's murder people. Right. And they can actually work with the Garu and other Farah. Like, you could see them just getting along. Like, I had my Munchmousen in the LARP with 
uh, a bonar retinue because it worked. It fit. They worked mm -hmm. on, like worked with each other. Like they follow rat. I'm a rat. Like I'm a king. Supposedly, this is great. I so so this is not a, a shock to anyone. Um, I I love changeling. Mm -hmm. Like the original changeling. The you know like I I love my darkness to have a balance of light because that makes it darker and it makes the light lighter. You know, like I like to have both in my game and there was very little light in the Ratkin book. And so like when I found it, I was like, oh, that, I like it, you know? And so I agree with you. I think that like, if I ever played a Ratkin, that's what I would want to play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are not out of the introduction in our discussion <laughs> on this book. Um, we, well, we've been bouncing around, but yes. We have been. like. There is a lot here, folks. Um, just know that as we are getting into it. Yeah, I'm because I've yeah I've got I've got I made notes. I made notes because I was so mad. All my notes are really scribbly though, because I was mad. Um, uh, I'm, I actually I'm really bad. I I never. No, I'm out of the introduction. Okay. I don't know where you are. Uh, well, I haven't gotten out of the introduction. Okay, then I'll wait till. I'll wait for you. You, whatever else in the introduction, go for it. I don't think there's anything else in the introduction itself that I want to touch on, but <laughs> in chapter one, we get into this story that ties oh. through this, at least this chapter. And I think like the next two, I believe the next two. Yeah. It, um, it is a story about a 16 year old on the street who becomes a Ratkin, who gets dragged into the Ratkin society, and it is well written. However, it is a messed up story. Carrie, do you have thoughts on it? All right. My very first thought is the first paragraph, they describe this, the main character as a man. And so you go, okay. This horrible thing is happening to a man. That sucks. That's terrible. And then they describe him as a child. And I went, whoa, that's very different. Um, the, the whole story is the evolution of this character getting bitten, going through the fever dreams. He, you know, he starts hearing the voices. This is the part of the uh, story where one of the NPCs tells him, oh, they told you you had a chemical imbalance. You don't need that medicine. What? Like, right. that's so irresponsible. You can't right. say that. Don't do that. Um, and through his progression in falling into the madness of the rat kid, and he ends up on a rooftop at the very end with a gun attacking, I think it's FBI agents or something. I and something like, like that, yeah. It just left a bad taste in my mouth all around. Like, it's uncomfortable. Like, there is no, you, you know, like, it's pretty clear from the very beginning, there is no hope for this main character. He's lost, as soon as he is bitten, it would have been better for him to have died from the bite. Yeah. And that brings me into an element of the Ratkin we haven't talked about yet, which is the birthing plague. So instead mm. of being, instead of being born, this is so confusing. Instead of being born, Ratkin are, Ratkin just produce kinfolk. 
They also have Metis, though. So that's mm. confusing. That doesn't really make any sense. But you have these different rats and a ratkin and humankin of the rats who, to become a ratkin, they have to be bitten and go through this plague, the birthing plague. And it only works out of in one in 10 individuals, both rats and, and humans. No, that's for kinfolk. Right. One in 10 kinfolk. It's even harder for sometimes a random human can become a ratkin, but that's even harder. Um, as I was reading this, this really equates to how vampires just randomly embrace people. It's kind of rapey. Yeah. And in gross. Yeah. Like uh, no one ever goes up to a kinfolk and this kin, a ratkin kinfolk and goes, would you like me to bite you and you can try to become a kinfolk or a ratkin? You know, like they just randomly bite people on the street and let them suffer and maybe they'll change into a ratkin. Screw you, ratkin. No. And the birthing plague uh. can take years. Yeah. Like you get sick from this thing. And it might be a couple of days that you're sick from it. It might be literal years of you ha being in hell as you mm -hmm. are transformed by this supernatural bacterium. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, it's not cruel. cool. It's cruel. Yeah. And there's no reason for it to be that. Like, like, it really felt like they were like, yeah, let's twist the knife here when we're talking about this. You know, it's like, Ah, like you just made this way worse and made it way less appetizing to play. Yeah. And the weird thing about it is on some level, I look at this and I go, okay, I understand the connection between rats and disease. I know I'm following the logic here. I can understand how you're like, you know, what we didn't do with the werewolves was have them be bitten and therefore transfer the curse of being a werewolf. Okay. I follow the logic here with the rat and we are like, we're going to go back to that element of werewolf sort of stories. But it is really like harmful to the characters. You're really like, before you get to play them, you're abusing the heck out of your character to yeah. get them to the table. I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I feel like maybe if like the Rackin didn't also see it as a curse. Right. But like, they're like, yeah, I cursed you. Oh, thanks, jerk. Yeah, Great. Like, like there, there's no, there's no joy in being a rackin. They don't like being rackin. Right. That's like what? Th this is. I, I don't want to put too fine a point on it. This is a um, a very dark book that's written darkly that just wallows in pain and misery from yeah. cover to cover, and it's just like you got to deal with it and surprises me because this type of misery is usually only for a black dog games book. Yeah. And it doesn't like, get super graphic, but it does make me kind of go like, you've got to be fairly mature to be willing to deal with all of this and then play it in a way that actually expresses any of this darkness. I actually thought I was reading this, like at least the Sabat like being Sabat. Right. They get something out of it. <laughs> yeah, like the rat can only get, maybe the voices won't scream in my head as much. Yeah. This time, you know, like, oh, uh, no. Yeah. And the, 
the way they describe the birthing plague and the mental illness that like continues on afterward, like you are constantly plagued by this thing. You are constantly like feeling the effects of this uh, mm -hmm. connection to whatever it is that is messing with you. The, it's like yeah. the Malkavians plus. Yeah. Which Malkavians, uh, for those that don't know, Malkavians are a type of vampire that have mental illness built into their idea. These, the Ratkin are that and extra. And I just feel like It would like be like if you played a Malkavian that never had a moment of clarity. Right. Ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's just too much. So there's all of that. Um, there, there is all of that. And in woo! chapter one, we get the history and the cosmology of the Ratkin and all of that, which I think is interesting. All right, hold on. I'm trying to, because again, I'm really bad. I write down page numbers, but I don't write down what chapter it's in. I think, yeah, no, we're good. Go, 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 okay. go. <laughs> um, with this chapter, it's exactly what you would expect for a chapter one of a Changing Breed book. It tells you about the different groups of Ratkin. It talks about the Nizumi or the Hengayokai of the Ratkin. Um, I like them. I like the Nizumi better than I do the core Ratkin. I like the Hengayokai Yokai book as a whole. Um, right. But I also get that they're not everybody's cup of tea. So, um, <laughs> tea. Yeah, it is what it is. Hengayokai tea. <laughs> he makes more sense. You're right. Okay. I could have gone with that pun. Um, but it does it from the framework of the Ratkin, where everything is kind of this fever dream, literally a fever dream of explaining their background. And yeah. some of it is told through dreams and hallucinations, and some of it is told directly to the character that you are reading about. I. So if you take away the 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 subject matter like the intensity of the subject matter i really like how this chapter was written yeah like that's that's what's frustrating is i went i like how this was presented i hate what is being presented yeah this is the thing i mentioned this before the writing is good i would never say that the writer of this book was a bad writer mm -hmm. never excellently written the subject matter makes me go what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Minimum. Which brings me to chapter two. I don't know if you have anything about chapter other uh, about anything before page twenty nine that you want to mention. No, I think we're good. Okay. I have so many other things I can mention. We're good. The art on page twenty eight is both amazing and horrifying. Oh yeah. It is a prinos rat coming out of a toilet mm -hmm. and. That is creepy. It creeps me out. Every time I look at this, I kind of go, I kind of shudder. Um, it's not bad art. It's certainly werewolf art, so some people might not like it. But it makes me think about what these beings are. Um, yeah, it, it, it is a great piece of art. It's a great chapter head. Um, again, though, if you, if, if you want, that's a black spiral dancer, you go, yeah. Yep. Like, th there's nothing to distinguish between a rat, besides it's a rat versus a wolf. Right. Um, I do want to point out that even in this page, they've got um, Shangus Lives is scratched into the wall. Yep. And, like, you know, like, it's 
throughout all these pictures, he's mentioned. I want to know what the heck is up with this NPC <laughs> or character or whatever he is. If we can find someone for that interview, it yes, would be a good please. time to talk. What is Chagas? What is his story? Please tell us. Well, and I think the worst part, though, of this picture is, I don't, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, the ratkin is coming out of the toilet. like, And clearly came out of the toilet as a rat and then transformed because he's standing in the toilet. Yep. But there's a dead body on the floor. Yes. He killed someone coming out of the toilet. Yeah. That's, that, people have nightmares of that stuff. Yes, this is a nightmare picture. Like, yeah. I can imagine this scene happening in a game and being like, all right, like, I've had players do things that are this horrible. And I kind of go, that may fit the story. It could be fine. But man, that's going to mess with some people. Well, like, I, I know that that's happened in horror movies before. Right. Like, I'm, I, you know, like, I'm, I'm like, it feels like a trauma thing. Right. So, so it's like, Ugh. yeah. Ratkin are very trauma. They, trauma is a great reference yeah. for Ratkin, actually. Yeah. Like, uh, I've only seen the Toxic Avenger for that like oh, group yeah. of films. Oh yeah. Um, oh, we need I, to talk some movies then. That's okay. Um, <laughs> they are. I know enough to know they're not going to be my thing. Not they your may, cup of tea. <laughs> no, not my cup of tea at all. Um, <laughs> That said, the Ratkin would fit into that. If that is your cup of tea, roll mm-hmm. with it. Like, the Ratkin probably fit your, like, a- aesthetic. I, I, I like some trauma, but no. <laughs> Fair. Um, we continue on with Gregor, who, uh, Gregor Flames and Shadows now is his name. Uh, the, uh, the young man that is... Um, or Gregor. Yeah, that is being slowly, like, brought into this Ratkin society. And we learn about where rat can live, how they live in the cities, how they live in the wild, and all of their other stuff. Like, we learn everything about the society of rats. Yeah, and this is the part where they really start leaning into the, if you have a chemical imbalance or if, like, you're a doomsday prepper, you're, you know, like, those are probably rat kin. And it's like, no, what are you doing? But, like, this is the chapter it's really starting to to push that. I actually think in this chapter is where they talk about giving entropy a little push. And I'm yeah. like, entropy literally is the worm. Right. Like, That's literally the worm. You're just saying we're doing the worm's work. And I'm yeah. like, fine, lean into yeah. that. Admit at, le- it. at least, yeah, say you are. And then, you know, hmm. yeah. Um, this is also though the chapter, I want to make sure I'm right. Yes. This is the chapter where they start talking about um, some of their social interactions. Um, And one of the other darts that is thrown at this board of issues is um, like they, they weirdly encourage bullying in their society. Yeah. Like not even a little bit, like it's a thing like, beat up on the little ones and that's okay. We encourage that. We want they, that. they actually like every pack has a runt. It's kind of like an omega, but like like in your your you yeah, if you don't beat up on the runt, you lose renown. Right. And in the book they encourage storytellers, well, start with the runt being an, an NPC and then you know that'll give people someone to beat up. And I'm like what? Like, what? Yeah. 
How, why would you don't? Yeah, that's terrible. Like, and I, and I again, I know that society's views have changed a lot, and we are a lot more aware of what should and shouldn't happen to people. But like in '98, gamer people who are gamers know what it's like to be shoved in lockers and beat up and picked on. Why would you? have your characters project that right and on some level i could see like people playing the ratkin from an empowerment angle like i'm going to be a ratkin because i've been bullied and these ratkin have been bullied and so forth but why would you have them continue that bullying and like encourage them to continue that bullying well like and there's a difference if like you have a bad guy npc that's bullying you and then you beat him yay we beat the bully you know like that's empowering right it's not empowering to have them become the bully. Right. And I, I don't know, like that left a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. This, I think also at some point is a section where we get some references to the mating elements of Ratkin society. And there's no nice way to put it. Like every Ratkin is sort of expected to part particularly Ratkin women are expected to be pregnant at all times possible. I believe that is a direct quote, and I can't find it, like, in here. But. They say that, and then they're like, well, you don't have to do that, but no, you'll get picked on if you don't. Right. Fuck you. Why would I want to play a character that is being harassed like that constantly? Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine it. Like, Well, and it's weird because, again... At the time, White Wolf had made such huge leaps. And I know now it's problematic, but at the time, the Black Furies, as a female player, were a huge deal. Right. Like, it was, it was empowering to be a Black Fury or even just have that ability to play a Black Fury. But, like, and then they, like, you know, took one step forward and two steps back with the Ratkin, you know. It was like, no. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong if you want to play a character that, you know, may, his main care, uh, purpose is to be a rat mama. That is fine. Mm -hmm. But, like, to be told you're a bad rat king because you're not is, you know, like, it, again, makes me not want to play rat king. Right. And the idea, you're right. I like, I like the idea of saying you could play a rat mom. And that is a, a concept that is kind of filtered through here that I think well, it's cool. a it's in the back. It's one of the character concepts in the back, and actually, mm -hmm. or maybe, or maybe she's just a main NPC. Whatever it is, I actually liked that. Like, there was very few of the character concepts I liked. I actually liked hers when I read it. I was like, that's at least fun. There's something there, right? But like, forcing it is, you know, forcing gross. it's the problem. Yeah, that's yeah, that's gross. the step that it's like no, like this societal pressure again werewolf has this problem of the societal pressure about breeding and mm -hmm. it is it is never effectively pushed back on to make it clear that it's not supposed to be something that you don't Have want to. to lean into yeah yeah so, so gross yeah um i'm just kind of flipping through chapter two so i don't know if there's anything in here that you specifically want to talk about um, well, I would, when they get to the, the different kinds of kingdoms mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, like just the, the courts, 
the courts and the kingdoms and all that. The only thing I wanted to point out, because it's all, you go, yeah, that all makes sense. You know, like, so there's nothing there that's like earth shattering. Um, but I would like to give like a small shout out, because I always like when there's little hints of something where you go, oh, um, when they're talking about the, the mountain rats, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, they talk about the man eaters. Yeah, the, and, the Bonar and, uh, yeah. Um, uh, camp that eats it's, people. Yeah. It was well, it was a sept of uh, it's called Sept of Dandelion Hill, and I when I was storytelling for my werewolf larp, I made an entire plot connecting Sept of Dandelion Hill with the legend of Green Eyes, which is a ghost legend, a, very, a pretty famous ghost legend around here um in in the man eaters and all that and it was such a good fun plot for my players because like I, like all everyone that was a man eater had the glowing green eyes cool. because they were worm tainted yay and um and it was so fun that even that little mention of it it made me happy for a minute yeah and so like again i'm grasping anything that makes me happy in this book i'm grasping at yep. um this book does a really good job of weaving connections to other werewolf books and mm-hmm. other world of darkness books in, uh, in general. <laughs> you've got references in here to vampire stuff. You've got references in here yeah. to mage stuff. You've got references in here to rage across Russia, to the Bonars, to other stuff. Like if you want to find a book that delves into the plot lines of various things, this book has them. If yeah. it didn't have so much stuff that makes me go, eh, then I would be like, this <laughs> is a great book. And there are some elements of this book that I'm like, again, well-written. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't run it from here, but I would p- pull pieces and go, this is a storyline to how the rat can are involved in it. And then the other thing I want to bring up in this chapter is when they start talking about locations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the physical world locations, you know, everything again is pretty like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then they get to the great, you're smiling because you know what it is. Yep. The high seas. Yep. They have pirate ri- rats. Pirates, pirates. I love it. Ah! <laughs> like that, that's that bit of joy. Yep. Um, what it is, is apparently some Ronin rats got kicked out of rat society for, I don't know what a rat could do that would actually cause them to get kicked out of rat in society. I don't know. Be nice. Maybe they didn't want to have kids. Yeah. They didn't want to have kids and they didn't want to kill people, you know? And, And so they were basically exiled. And so this group of, I don't know, it was like 47 or I don't remember what the number is. Rat kid all basically got on a a boat or a ship or a cruise ship or something and they're just roaming the high seas being pirates and i love it like that's what i would want to run yeah this book (laughs) is filled with those little tidbits that makes it go that could be cool like i got so excited when i read that i ran to ryan and i was like are they in the um blood dim dim tides and he was like no they're not i'm like they should be right like the lasombra and the ratkin pirates need to have like either an alliance or an like an adversarial relationship because that would be cool 
right? I mean, they if, if they could talk about mermaids and blood tides, they should be able to talk about the the rat pirates. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think my favorite, both least favorite part of this section is the Antarctica ratkin. <laughs> yeah. Who are supposedly from Arcadia and all of that. And it's like, this This is an H.P. Lovecraft reference. Mm. But it's also ridiculous. And part of me kind of goes, okay, there are a lot of H.P. Lovecraft things built into this story, built into this book. Yeah, This is a reference to some of those. But again, am I really going to go to Antarctica with my players? Maybe I'm going to be running a game soon. I might take them to Antarctica and deal with the Ratkin. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe you can have the high seas pirates sail them there. <laughs> right. Again, it depends on how you mine a book. But there's some stuff like that that's in here that you're like, I could use this. This could do interesting story stuff. But it's also a bit like, eh, it's, it's either too off the wall or not off the wall enough, depending on how you take it. Yeah. I, like I said, I prefer the more off the wall stuff. Like it just it makes it more palatable. Um, you know, like I like when they talk about the TV zone. You know, I again I've used the television realm before, and so like the the itchy, the itchy and scratchy stuff cracks me up. You know, and like it it would make <sighs> at least if you're going to be violent, at least it's cartoon violence. Right. <laughs> There's some of that that I'm like, oh, they're leaning into this as kind of a joke. Yeah. But then it, there's stuff in here that you're like, that's not that's, a joke. That's not funny. Yeah. So, like, there's the Freakachu as a spirit. Oh, that's so weird. It, it, like, references to Pikachu are throughout this book in one mm -hmm. form or another. And I'm kind of like, Pikachu's not a rat. But, okay, like, Pokemon was a thing at the time. Like, I get what it. is it? It's, uh, I don't it's a Pikachu. It's not really, like, it's an electric cat raccoon bunny? type thing maybe a bunny oh. I, I, I didn't see it as a rat maybe it is a rat uh, okay okay i can see it rodent like it's sort of rodent like i always thought thought it was more like cuddly than that so i thought it was more like a cat well there are some people that would argue that rodents are cuddly that's fair that's fair um you know rats can be very pleasant pets so i would i would like this to just make this clear i don't have anything against actual rats like right. people that have pet rats i've played with rats before i've pet them they're very nice i just don't like rat kin yep okay. and, uh, me personally i'm kind of fine with wild rats as long as they stay and do their own thing away from me like generally i'm not one of those people that is like oh my gosh rats terrible my neighbor hates rats um as long as they're not in my house i don't care right they yeah. go do your thing you know live your lives like fine um <laughs> But you can't blame rats for, like, the plagues that supposedly rats bring most of the time. It's the oh, fleas yeah. and, and stuff that they have. Like, those are the, like, the bugs. You blame the bugs. Bugs are horrible. Yeah. They are the things that have the diseases, not the rats themselves. Anyway, we get more information about how they think about the various uh, groups of werewolves and the other... Uh, Things in the world of darkness, vampires, ghosts, fae, things like that in this section. At the the only the only thing I want to point out in that section is that I thought it was super interesting when they were talking about the white howlers that they dropped that little tidbit implying that every once in a while white howler is born. Right. And like white wolf 
keeps doing that and then they keep going oh no they're completely dead wink wink you know and you're just like oh my gosh just tell us as a storyteller one way or the other i don't don't even in the white house or tribe book that came out for w20 like that would have been a great thing to have at the end like a page story of yeah white howlers being born throughout the ages give me that but no they didn't do that in that book either yeah it's very frustrating Anyway, but, um, <laughs> so, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm sorry. No, I'm in chapter three already. Okay, so chapter three. Chapter three is when we get into mechanics. They call chapter three crunchy bits and shiny things. I think that's a great title. Yes. Um, tells you about how to make a ratkin. Uh, it gives you all the character creation stuff. It does reference like for some of these gifts it references the core werewolf book which makes sense again um it gives you all the mechanics for playing a raccoon their um various stuff um yeah, here's my right. frustration like i don't like being forced to take a background to play a specific type of character mm-hmm. but if you are playing a freak factor uh ratkin, you have to take a background to play that character. Like for tabletop, I think that's extra. It doesn't need to be there for, uh, for LARP where you're trying to kind of control people's like playing specific character types. It makes sense. I can follow along with that. I don't think it makes sense for a tabletop. So that's my thought here. This is all tabletop rules. Why would you make me do that? Fair. And I don't feel like you get enough of a benefit for doing it. Like you get a gift usually for investing those um, background points, but well, you get to be the thing, right? And you get to be that's, the thing. That's the that's what you're paying for is to be the thing. Yeah, uh, it's almost like it's almost like a rarity cost. Which again, for LARP, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. For tabletop, you're already so being a rare character. You are a character in the story. Like yeah. when you become a player, you character, only have six players. Like right. Everybody's a special snowflake mm-hmm. in some shape or form, or they yeah. should be. They should feel like they are a special snowflake. Absolutely. So, someone wants to play a Munchmausen, I'm going to let them. That's just me. Mostly because I like saying it, Munchmausen. Yes, Munch-mousen. it's a fun word. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you have the plague background, which is actually the different kingdoms that you're connected to, not actual mm-hmm. plagues. But they call those different kingdoms that you're attached to plagues again why am i spinning for a background that i can get with contacts and allies it's the same thing it's maybe status as well like again these things already exist in the system why do i need a new background to do the same thing well i think it's just because they wanted to relabel it honestly that's maybe that's fair but again i'm i would rather repurpose a background that already exists than have it be a whole new thing Fair. it just seems like a waste of time Fair. um any thoughts on like the early parts of this chapter this, this chapter was it's all just kind of crunchy crunching shiny stuff i mean yep. for real like you know the the rights all make sense whether i agree with them or not they make sense the um uh you know they talk about the city mothers and and stuff um you know i'm always a fan of whatever city you're playing in having a city mother or city father Mm -hmm. i know that 
technically not every city's supposed to have one, but I think it's always such good flavor that I always, I always have my whatever, wherever they're at, even if it's a little podunk area. Like I, I like having just like a spirit show up and go, this is me. Right. Um, I'm the know, embodiment of this place. It, it, right. Because there's, it will help you establish your setting so much quicker if your characters can actually go, hey, Chicago, I don't understand this. And then Chicago is like, well, let's make a deal. You know, or, you know, like whatever, you know, meet me at the meat packing, you know, or, or, and then suddenly, immediately, you know what you're dealing with. You've got a feeling for what game you're playing in. It's, it's just good. Yeah. Um, Agreed. You know, so I'm, I'm always happy. It always, I don't know why Ratkin connected the thunder always makes me giggle and i don't know why because like i imagine shadow lords and ratkin because they both sometimes you know like obviously shadow lords always follow Th- grandfather thunder and Rat sometimes do like staring at each other like i could do this better than you like i imagine like all it is is a big staring contest and everyone else going we have things to do <laughs> right Come on. Let's get over this. Let's like move on now, folks. Yeah, ew, come on, you know, and they're like, no, we have to decide who's stronger. You know, like, oh, who cares? I <laughs> find this section fine. That yeah, is my re- reaction to most of it. Um, I love the art, though, on page 73, which looks like something out of Biker Mice from Mars. It's, <laughs> yeah. A, uh, a ratkin woman with this, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, what are those blades? A circular saw blade uh, being shot from a crossbow. Yeah, thing. It's ridiculous in a way that I'm like, again, cool. And she's but... got ammo, the buzz, the saws. She's got extra ammo on her tail. Right. Um, it's very kind of Mad Maxi feeling. Yeah. It fits the theme of the book. It's kind of silly, but kind of like serious and weird all at the same time. I can imagine using something like this and it really like being gross. So again, trauma sort of tropes yeah. in this like thing. Absolutely. Um, it just stood out to me as something. And I'm like, you know what? That reminds me of this thing. Um, and then you get <laughs> stats for the circular saw launcher. So, all right. Get merits and flaws. Uh, yeah. Okay. You, you get the mechanics in this section. It is what it is. Um, that's my general take about the chapter. So there is one thing in this chapter that I'm going to come back to at the end. Okay. Because it is the greatest thing ever. Okay. I want to hear this. But I don't, I want to save it for the end. Okay. Because you're going to lose your mind. You're going to be like, no way. And I'll be like, yes way. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. That brings us to chapter four, which is a more in-depth look at the various groups of Ratkin. So you get like two pages-ish of this is what this tribe of Ratkin do. So you learn about the Knife Skulkers and the Shadow Seers and their strengths and weaknesses. You get to like what starting gifts you get, what willpower Mm -hmm. you start with, all of that sort of stuff. Um, Not willpower, just the gifts that you start with. Um, and then we find out more about the bards in this section in a little sidebar. The bards are Ratkin that supposedly killed themselves for some reason. Or they didn't kill themselves. I thought the guru killed them. It's, it's very unclear. Very unclear. Um, so 
they died and their last act was to put a curse on the guru. Right. That curse has never actually been, at least I couldn't find it in this book. Yeah, there's no explanation for what that curse is. Um, but they imply like the worst, the curse is maybe the end of the world. Right. So and the rat can cause the apocalypse? But not because like it's the guru's fault. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. I could see this as a plot hook that I, as a storyteller, might be like, I'm going to use the Ratkin curse in a game and develop a story from it. Yeah. But I kind of need an effect to lean on. And right. Just give me something. Like, maybe the reason the Guru lose all the time is because of this curse. Like, they are cursed to fail at things that they do. Cool. That gives yeah. me a hook. Or the Garu are cursed to not have as many children as they would like. Okay, like kind of boring, but I could use that as a hook. Right. You know, and, and the fun thing about curses is trying to lift them. Right. And like, if you don't know what the curse is, you can't lift it. Right. And maybe some Ratkin are like, we actually want to help you like remove this curse. That would be a cool Ratkin PC to bring yeah, into the would. game. Um, but again, I feel like I need some hints or some suggestions for things to hook this hook on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The idea of the bards is interesting to me. Like, I like bards as a concept. They are my D&D class. But the Munchmousen are kind of the bards. This is the thing that, like, they, there are references in this book that make you think they're related, and they certainly seem related, but they're not. Or aren't they? Right. Like, know. like they could have all died, quote unquote, and then just became the Munchausens, you know, like. Right. Who knows? And this happened at the, I think it's the Field of Nettles. Now, part of me looks at that and goes, I should have Googled this because it feels like it's a reference to something, but I didn't do that. Uh, I should have prepared ahead it of time. It feels changeling. Yeah, like, I figure at some point I might open up a Changeling book and find the reference and go, man, oh, yeah. that's, like, because White Wolf does that. Well, and the, uh, uh, when we get to the next chapter, when we talk about, like, the, the rapture, when their gnosis is higher than their rage and all that, all of that felt so Changeling-like. Right. Like, it was almost a little, like... Oh, are we cookie cuttering this, or is there like a theme connection here? And maybe that's supposed to be the wild influence thing. Like changelings are potentially from or connected to the wild. If you talk about exalted like linkages, they are yeah. connected to that. Fine, that's sort of interesting. But again, the ratkin are so worm-like in their activities <laughs> that those sorts of linkages make me go. Are the triad just a circle where they all sort of like become one and the other at one point or another? I don't know. Yeah. Eh. You get the litany of the Ratkin in here, which is horrible. Um, it's fine. <laughs> it is. Um, but well, it's, it's, it's horrible, but it's, it, it fits. Yeah. It, it's, not, it's not a shock by any stretch no. of the imagination. No. So I played in a LARP where Ryan, my husband, played a rat kid. And he desperately, he, he loves rat kid. Mm -hmm. 
And like, as I'm reading that, like it was breaking his heart as I was reading this book. So I'm like, these are terrible. This is terrible. And he's like, but I love them. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. And um, I can remember him though, when he was playing that Ratkin, going over the litany, the Ratkin litany, trying to make it fit so he didn't murder every PC in the game. Right. He didn't murder any PCs in the game. He just got about five of them killed. Like, he would just set them up to die. That's better? I guess. You know, and then he'd be like, I feel really bad, but I mean, I was... I was trying to stay true to the rules that this character has, you know, and he's like, and I, I break them all the time because I don't want to get everybody killed. You know, it was, it was rough. I was just like, would you stop? He's like, I can't. <laughs> he did have the greatest uh, Rackin name I've ever heard of though. And what was it? Dollars to Donuts. That is amazing. Yeah. Rackin have very fun names because either they have very kind of guru names, they have just a piece of trash they picked out of the garbage can, mm-hmm. or they have names that they, they name themselves just to piss people off. Um, I once, uh, in, in, a, where, in a vampire game, actually, uh, I was storytelling, Ryan and I had to play two Rackin that were coming in to make a deal with the prince. And we came in and we're like, our names are Simon and Simon. <laughs> and, like, and it's mostly funny because most of the players were too young to know we were referencing an old TV show. Right. And so they were like, that's weird. And you could see everyone over the age of the f- age of 40 all groaning. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I yeah. liked Simon and Simon. I thought they were very funny. <laughs> It's clever if you get the reference. It's- I know, and I was amused, and that's really all that that's was. All important. that matters, yeah. All right. <laughs> it's funny. On that note, I was watching Jeopardy last night, and oh. there was a picture of a TV character from the '60s or something like that who I had no idea who was. Right. And there were three contestants, and one of them was a woman in her '60s, uh, maybe '70s even, and two very young other contestants. And the two young ones were like. I have no clue who this is. And the older woman was like, oh, of course I know who this is. I'm like, Simon and Simon. I have been that person before. I know (laughs) how you feel. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's that chapter, chapter four. Any other thoughts on chapter four? No. Okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) Which brings us, I, oh, I, I like the art in here. Um, There's some cool art on page 98, the opening art to chapter five. It's a ratkin fighting a, a weaver beast of some form. Super cool looking. Like it's a, a crab machine crab. Maybe it's a, a spider. Maybe it's a, what do you call them? A spider thing. Spider it's, spirit. It's a, sp- it's a weaver. It's weaver mm-hmm. something. It's a weaver um, something. It, it, like the, the raccoon is on a web. So mm-hmm. you're probably in the um, umbra. Umbra. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we're, just... we're both doing great today. <laughs> Woo! Hey, I've got COVID to blame. What are you? <laughs> I, I have nothing other than now I've remembered it's called a pattern spider. So there you, know. you go. Pattern spider. Um, yeah, it, it's very sharp. It, yeah. it, it feels a little, again, a lot of these feel very Mad Maxi to me. Yeah. You know, like 
they've got random spikes and hoods and you know and all that but this one at least doesn't feel like he's evil <laughs> right he looks heroic ish yeah here. yeah very yeah he does look maybe he's a munchausen maybe okay. that that explains it. he is the one heroic group of raccoon there we go there we go <laughs> uh chapter five is systems and storytelling um so we get into that rage and the rapture element with gnosis and all of that um again changing is cool bringing in some changeling like mechanics into here, I think is interesting. Um, It would be interesting if that was maybe for all were creatures that they had this kind of effect thing happening. Well, I think if you're playing werewolf, right, that does happen. Right. There's just not a mechanic. If you have high rage and low willpower, your character's stomping around. Yep. You know, even, even if you're, there's not a mechanic to enforce it, usually players will play that you know if you're playing someone who's high gnosis and low rage you're usually in a corner you know you know let's dispense some wisdom you know or whatever and that's kind of what they're doing with this um but they're again turning it up to 11 right you know if you if your gnosis is is higher than your rage you have a chance of like having visions which is a little excessive you know, because then if you don't want to have your character completely off the bandwagon all the time, now you've mechanically got to make sure your sheet is equal. Right. You know, and I don't, I don't know. That that just seems like a level of, of um, bookkeeping that I'm not interested in as a storyteller or a player. As but some a, people might be. Right. As a storyteller, this is the type of thing that I forget about. Yeah. And someone tells me, oh, hey, by the way, I have six Gnosis and I have two willpower. Isn't this thing supposed to be happening to me? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Retroactively over the last seven games that I have forgotten this. <laughs> You've been going crazy. Right. Oh, that's not fun. It's like I played in a LARP once. This is a little bit of a tangent. But I played in a LARP once where I was a Zemisi and the Dark Ages rules said you got a derangement if you used um, vicissitude more than three times in a night. Yeah. Well, my character was a shape changer who would take on different <laughs> like personalities and faces multiple times a night. So I would turn in my write-ups and they would finally, they realized after six write-ups, they're like, dude, you have been changing so often. You need to have like seven derangements. And I'm like, uh. okay. Like, like, like as a player at the time, I was fine with it, but it like totally derailed my character in the end. Right. Yeah. So Yeah. Do with those mechanics what you want. Mm-hmm. It gives you renown in this section. It gives you some story seeds. I like some of these story seeds. Like there's a whole section on one shots and different like, hey, this is how to make this thing uh, a villain in your story. Yeah, this is those good. are all, those are, that's all good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would like to say that it's got, this is actually my WTF picture is in this section. Okay. Um, on nine, page 99, it's got a little were rat who's sitting on a rock and is drooling. Yeah. And his eyes are real big and like he looks stoned. I think it's supposed to be he's in the rapture. I think so, yeah. But like, again, like that doesn't make me want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
in at first I didn't think it was a rat. I thought it was a prairie dog or a well, you know meerkat. But maybe it's a, it's probably a rat with that tail. But yeah, I mean you know it's a wear something. Right. Certainly not doing well. No, it's not. That's not a healthy th- look. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have any other thoughts of, about this chapter other than if you've already made it this far in this book, you're not going to be shocked by any of it and you might get yeah. something from it. Yeah. Which brings us to Appendix 1 and clearly a trauma picture. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the Toxic Avenger. Like, okay, at least they know what they're leaning into. Yeah, this um, artwork is, it's almost kind of eclectic. Like, there, it's so much is going on and there's so many details and yeah yeah it again has Chingus lives yep uh, clearly they did the art after they wrote the book like, or at least be- after they wrote the um the, the fiction the front yeah. story yeah mm-hmm. um and this appendix is all your like gifts and stuff like that there's for me like, these are a section that I will dig into when I'm running a character, but I don't generally read much of, unless mm-hmm. there's something that I'm like, uh, I need to know what things my characters have. And then I usually find the story hooks that are left in gifts and things like that, which are usually interesting. But from a reader perspective, these sections are usually, I kind of flip through and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, very, very rarely does someone go, I'm just going to read all of the gifts. A lot right. of times... You start with going, I'm going to read the gifts that my character could have. Right. Which um, makes sense. I, I, I would like to point out, though, that in the, in the gifts, I, I did try to go through all the gifts because, you know, I knew um, there is the very, the, <laughs> so I, if I was going to play a ratkin, I would also play a rat born ratkin because right. I'd, want, I'd want the gift itchy so I could become a cartoon rat because that's very fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, so that's fun. Um, And there's also, I wanted to just point out, I'm trying to find it now. Um, I think I wrote down, uh, yeah, it is on the wrong page. Okay. Um, There is a gift called Discarded Dreams, which is, it's a shadow seer gift, which I guess that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, you basically can give people dream like a dream put them in a dream state and all that and i just thought well that's a really neat connection again that could be connected to changeling right um and and like that which is weird i never thought ratkin would be as closely affiliated with changelings as they are in this book and written the way this book is i cannot imagine bringing them into a changeling story like totally no, because- they would Literally, totally they, they'd show up and every changeling would go, oh, uh, and the right. finality would the just set it. The finality would destroy them. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> there was a concept there that doesn't seem to bear out. Like, yeah, yeah, not so much. <laughs> if you're playing a nightmare changeling game, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't see it. Um, and Appendix 2 is our... Uh, list of character concepts with um, with um, what are they called? Character sheets and things like that. What are your thoughts, Carrie, on these? All right, I'm just gonna hop right in. Go for it. Because I was enraged 
by one of these. I was so mad when I got to it that I actually had to put the book down and walk away because it is gross and I don't care when this was written. It was wrong. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff I could say, I don't like it. This is, I don't think this was healthy. You know, all this, this wasn't not healthy. This is dangerous and wrong. One of the character concepts uh, where they've got the sheet, it's called bad girl. And it is basically a prostitute, but it's not just a prostitute. It's a child prostitute. The drawing they have is of a, rather young teenager and it is gross to imply that anyone should play a character that is that young doing things like that so she can survive yeah who why would you think that was a good idea right like my my daughter is close to that age and it, it it actually made me mad like, like, you know, like I, mm. Yep. Yeah. I think that's completely fair. Um, I think the character concepts here beyond that are, uh, are like, okay. But yeah, that one in particular is absolutely like unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. I, I like, it actually made me not care about any of the other characters. Like I have notes on a bunch of the other character sheets that I was going to talk about. And I'm just so grossed out by that, that it's, you know, they don't come right out and say she's a prostitute, but they basically, that's, that's, they heavily imply it. We can read between the lines. Yeah. Like, and again, they thought they were being clever and edgy. Guess what? Edgy doesn't work. Right. There's also a section in here about notable Ratkin. There's one of these that I like. There's one of these that I find really offensive. Okay. And that's the giant rat of Sumatra. I get this as a reference. This is a reference to giant rats that are from Sumatra, Sumatra, supposedly. But it strikes me as really Orientalist and really kind of offensive. And I'm just kind of like, why? Mm-hmm. But it's got two that I'm kind of like, meh about. Johnny Y2K and Mama Rat, I could use them, but I probably wouldn't in a game. Um, And then it gives us Diz Walton. Oh, this is going to be an interesting argument between us. Okay. (laughs) So supposedly Diz was the creator of Mickey Mouse before Mickey Mouse was a thing. That's the story we get about him. Well, but but it's not Mickey Mouse. It's, yeah, they're using... They obviously cannot use Mickey Mouse specifically because they don't want to get sued. Uh, It's Ricky Rat. But there's enough there that makes you go, if I wanted to run a story in Disneyland, which is a story I've had a concept for several times, this is a character that you could pull into that story. So here's my problem with that. Okay. If you take the Ratkin aspect out of that, that's a true story. Wow. Um. Walt Disney, it is pretty well known out, you know, if you do any kind of real digging, that he actually stole the concept of Mortimer Mouse from, I, I'm going to say his name wrong, um, Oob Iwerks, I think is his name, hmm. um, when they were at a different uh, 
animation company, and he basically stole the concept and took it. Oh wow! And this poor this poor gentleman basically died, you know, poor. While Disney, you know, took all the credit for the the mouse and and you know built his empire. Um, so like, I feel like he thought he was being really clever, but it kind of feels like he's just mocking someone's life story. Yeah. I see. That's the line. Like there's a line of satire where it works. And then there's a line where it goes like too far. And that is this book. Like, yeah. Yeah. The the entire book just takes a step too far. Yeah. Um, I, you will like in like, for me, like the, the, the Diz character, um, you know, I was, I was like, this is a little too far. I'm uncomfortable, but okay. I could see where people would be. But then like in like the last paragraph, he talks about wanting to blow up Disney world basically. Right. And like, especially with what just has been happening in the real world, obviously that made me really uncomfortable. And then they were like, Oh, and the cherry on top. Oh, he wants to mate with all the princesses there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank you for adding a little rape on top of that. Right. Like just it was, going way too far with it. Yeah, like it just kept going. And it was like, oh my gosh. Um, I actually liked Mama Rat. Okay. Um, mostly just because I, I like when uh, there's that fun southern uh, obsession with Elvis. Yes, fair. Um. And, like, the idea that, like, she's got a bunch of children that are Elvis impersonators. <laughs> like, like she's groomed her children to be Elvis impersonators. Um, and, and, like, I like that because that while Elvis was a real person, you're not saying Elvis was a rat. Was a rat kid or, or, you know, whatever. You're, you're having him influence it but not be part of it. Um, sure. And, like, the, the whole, like, Elvis impersonator, that's something I would do as a storyteller. Like, I would throw a Ratkin and Elvis impersonator at somebody, you know, and make them answer everything in lyrics or, or whatever, you know. Like, right. that's, you know, again, though, that's my type of storytelling, though. You know, sure. and it's not for everyone. I get that. Totally. Um, I could see that being, a, like, a, a concept to dig into. I like the idea of a mama rat that I would, I could use that in a story. I ran a story which was a, ended up being a Farrah game where my players interacted with a group of ratkin in Lewiston, Auburn, Maine. And this rat king was like in charge of this whole little town within a town of ratkin. Mm-hmm. And the players were really kind of uncomfortable because this guy was, they were involved in some really like sketchy stuff. They dealt meth and things like that. Like they weren't great, but they were helpful. And they yeah. offered their care to the like group and they like gave them stuff and they were like, we kind of don't like this guy, but he keeps helping, helping us. So how do we feel? And like, it was a good like moral conundrum well, for that. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes, that is what makes for a good world of darkness plot is when you're going, uh, one step forward, one step back, you know, like what's, what's, what's more important here? Right. You know, like, that's good. When it's just, you know, blow up Disney World. Ugh, gross. Yep, yep. Um, you had something. We're at the end of the book. 
You had something that you wanted to talk about before. I want you to talk about that. Okay. Well, no, I've got two things. Okay. So the first thing I messaged you like two days ago in the middle of this, like, I don't want to read this book because it's terrible and I'm all upset about these things. So when, when I read these books, I, I kind of read them the front and back at the same time. I read like one chapter in the front and then I go to the back part because usually the front part of the world of darkness books are really heavy. Yeah. And, and so I can, I kind of break it up that way. So I got to this pretty, pretty, you know, obviously quickly because at the end of the book in the uh, bibliography, they, they mention that there's a, a, uh, Baron, um, the Baron Munchausen, Baron Munchausen RPG, RPG mm-hmm. and I lost my mind. I've been Googling trying to find it now. It is hard and, to get at this point. Yes. And like, and there's a board game as well. Yes. And, and so like, I'm like sending my husband links going, you need to, you know, bid on this. And he's like, we're not bidding on this. I'm like, I need it. And, and so like, I'm super excited because I want to know what this game is. Cause I love that movie. I love, you know, like the, the fantasticalness of it. Um, so I was super excited about that. So I just wanted to share that. That was like the first happy, exciting thing. Mm-hmm. So but. for those that don't know, for you and for our listeners, that is one of the, considered one of the more pivotal, pivotal story games in the RPG history. There's a, a series of books called Designers and Dragons. And that okay. book is actually like a linchpin between like traditional RPGs and the indie RPG scene. So it's concepts kicked off a whole bunch of things. I'm just giving you more reason to go find a copy. I know. Oh my gosh. I need it so badly now. Yeah. I think it would be, uh, I think it would be revelatory for you. Yes. I, okay. I need this. (laughs) I need it. Did you hear me husband? I need this. (sighs) What was the other thing that got your attention? Okay. So last night as I was finishing up reading this book, I came across one sentence in this book that had me so excited. I went and woke up my husband, you know, cause he's a gamer. So he knows these things and he's like, leave me alone. And I'm like, no, look at this connection I found. And then he even went, Oh crap. That's, that's a real connection. I was like, yeah. So in chapter three, at the very end, there is a list of possible um, revelations. Mm-hmm. Or, or um, uh, what's the word? I'm, prophecies, you know, all these things. And one of the prophecies is the final battle will allow other another race to take over the earth. And I went, that's weird. Okay, let me keep reading that. And then you go through all this and they talk about like, you know, vampires maybe taking over. And then they said this sentence. Are there ancient races in the void of space that will overshadow all that humanity has achieved? It's the aliens! That's because amazing. Re- no, do you remember? Yes. The, the, the void, whatever it the is. Where, yeah, where they're in between the yep. space and the void. Yep. What the hell? Yep. They're... No. <sighs> Yeah, okay, so here's my frustration. Why have they peppered aliens in at least four different places 
in these books. They had, I, okay, I have to believe. I have to believe that at the time at White Wolf, they had a giant cork board where they were like aliens and they would just put little things that people could put in these books and they're like we're not gonna tell anyone <laughs> like now i'm going are they mentioned in every book and we just didn't realize i don't think they're mentioned in every book but they are mentioned in every game line if you break it down in one form or another, vampire has aliens in dirty secrets of the black hand mage has aliens throughout like uh, in lots of different places they have a whole group that goes out and fights aliens in space. Yeah, I did know that, yeah. Changeling, I don't think, has aliens. But are they are the aliens. Yeah. Could could be, like it's a thing. <laughs> um, and um, Wraith probably doesn't have aliens, but Werewolf definitely does. It makes you go, okay, there's at least some tie between those three games that have aliens. I don't know. Okay, I got... I got... I got so excited. I was like, wake up! <laughs> Listen to this! There are <laughs> aliens in the world of madness. And he's like, I don't care. No, he actually he actually was like, you need to just document these and then we'll put it all together. And I was like, right. oh my <laughs> you gosh. Discover the secret plot of aliens <laughs> behind everything in the world of darkness. And then everything's flatter. No! <laughs> God. I sounded like a crazy person last night though. <laughs> It definitely happens. It's okay. The, the funny thing about reading through the books like this is you find things like that where it's like, yeah. this is a connection that an author intentionally made between this other book or this other line that is otherwise completely like off the wall or arbitrary or you're like, uh, why is this here unless you've read all the stuff? And then you're like, oh, cool. But, and then, but it's like also like, what are you intending to do? Right. Because you don't, like, that wasn't just like, I, I laid a seed for a plot. Like, this is clearly lots of seeds. Right. This is a crop of seeds. This isn't just a single, like, well, maybe someone will do something with this. Like, this is, they were planning. Like, you know, like, was it like in, like, they're like, when we're completely out of vampire ideas. <laughs> let's write a, a alien book or it would have been interesting for white wolf to do like a proper like alien the abducting or something book yeah because they set up those like lines those plot hooks throughout the books um they did create aeon trinity which is sort of like it's got aliens but it's not the same it's just that's a space opera it's not connected to the world of darkness at all right so like I just is there like a, a, a um like a Bible that they've like made up of all like all the places they've mentioned aliens. No, and but all of someone the needs to do that. Listeners, for the storytellers, <laughs> go out and find all the references to aliens in the world of darkness books and write up a oh list of them. Gosh, I will buy please, it. Or just send it to me so I can go look these up. Cause I feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> crazy pants here. No, you're not going crazy. They really exist. The, the aliens are, they're really out there. I need to poof up my hair when I say that. Aliens. Right. All right. Um, so let's wrap this up. 
with a review of the book in general and a rating. How many rats, rat tails, how many rat tails out of 10 would you give this book? Um, three, maybe? That's, that's generous, but three. Okay. I would give it four rat tails out of 10 because I feel like the ratkin are interesting but I don't want to use them from this book. Like there are things in this book that I might take from, but I wouldn't, I would not you, I would not give a player this book and be like, this is what the no. Reckon are all about. No, 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 no. Um, I feel like the way they are described in this book, I would never let anyone play a Reckon. Yeah. Just, you know, no, they, they kind of fall almost in the BSD. Yep. You know, great, great NPCs to fight. Maybe to make a deal with on the side, but no. Yeah, I would absolutely consider like um, having them be a major antagonist in the story. Yeah, yeah. I've used them as NPCs in the story before. I think that's absolutely okay. I would be fine with a player ratkin that was not like a ratkin in this book. Like using mm -hmm. the player's guide for information on ratkin, fine. There's enough there for you to make a ratkin that's not this book ratkin. Um, so yeah, that's my general take as well. Oh, yeah. All right, everyone. If you have totally different opinions on the Ratkin, <laughs> we're happy to hear those opinions. Um, you can, um, message us about them. You can post on the, uh, Twitter feed, or if you want to come by our discord and talk to us, please do so. We also have a Facebook. We do have a Facebook. You can leave a comment there. I still can't respond to comments on Podbean. I can <laughs> see the comments now fully, but I have looked through the app. I have done all these different things that people have troubleshooted for me. I, I cannot do it. I don't know why. So yeah, I see your comments. I, I appreciate them. I just can't say anything to them. Uh, yeah. So until we get an answer to the question of when will you rage, we'll talk to you again next time. Wear a mask. <laughs>